0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This week's episode is brought to you by DaVinci Virtual. DaVinci Virtual provides awesome support solutions for mobile entrepreneurs. They level the playing field for your company so you can achieve maximum potential with minimum overhead. DaVinci Virtual offers friendly live receptionist services, killer business addresses, and fully loaded meeting spaces anywhere you need them. DaVinci helps entrepreneurs become something bigger. Give your business the powerful image and support it deserves so you can focus on your talents and grow it. Get a risk-free trial right now at davincivirtual.com slash smart and make it happen Welcome to Smart People Podcast, conversations that satisfy your curious mind. I'm John Rojas, and thank you so much for joining us this week. Chris isn't here this week, and for good reason, but I will let him explain the reason on the next episode, so you're just gonna have to wait till at least next week. This week, we're talking about time management, and we have one of the best in the field, Lee Cockerell. Lee is the former executive VP of Disney World and the author of three best-selling books. Lee was responsible for all guest operations at Disney World for 10 years. And before Disney, Lee held executive positions within Hilton and Marriott International. As if being an executive wasn't enough, in 2006, Lee founded his own consulting and seminar business and publishes the popular podcast Creating Disney Magic. As you'll hear in the interview... Lee is a partner at Thrive15. And since we're an affiliate with Thrive15, you can get your 30-day free trial by going to thrive15.com slash smart people. If there's one thing I can do better in my life, it's time management. And Lee gives us and all you listeners some great tips on how to do time management better in your life. He's taken all his experiences in the Army, at Hilton, Marriott, Disney and packed it into one book, Time Management Magic, How to Get More Done Every Day and Move from Surviving to Thriving. Check out his book and enjoy the interview with Lee Cockerell.
1: Well, Lee, thank you so much for being on the show. It is a privilege and an honor to have one of the the men who made Walt Disney World what it is today to have him on our show, I can't tell you how excited I, may, I am. Thanks for being on. Yeah, good to be with you. So let's jump right into that. Actually, I know there's far more that defines you, but as I was saying before the episode, Walt Disney World. I mean, I went. I remember it was. It's probably one of the earliest memories I have. Going when I was little and getting autographs from like uh, you know Daffy Duck and Donald Duck and <laughs> and all this. It's, I remember staying in this hotel room and it is this magical place and you know now looking back and having read about what you did there i realized that that magic was hard to create and it was through the people tell us a little bit about how you guys did that
2: yeah and i think that's the right message for your listeners is uh, the first sentence in my book creating magic it says it's not magic that makes disney world work it's the way we work that makes it magical And frankly, I kind of give you the formula that I think if everybody would focus on these things, they could do it in their own business. I don't care if it's a small business or a big business. And the first thing we – I really considered myself the chief environmentalist at Disney because I was trying to create an environment and a culture where you get everybody to wake up in the morning excited to come to work, not because they have to come for a paycheck, because they want to come. And so, the place where we do the best jobs are i think uh, number one we 're very careful who we hire. We have a very good system for interviewing, for what to listen to, for profiling, for understanding what people are good at. do they have high energy, do they have stamina? will they be uh, on time to work? Can they be professional? eight hours, nine hours out there in the hot sun and smiling and all that stuff so we get we do a really terrific job of uh, selection, which I think a lot of companies do not. Mm. And even I wrote a second book, Customer Rules, and rule number nine in there is all about how to ask five, six, seven key questions with obstacles in them to see how people answer your question about how they overcome obstacles in their life. Because what we've learned is people who can clearly tell you how they overcome obstacles are your best performers. Because there's a pe- there's the can-do people in the world and the can't-do people. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, the can-do people get to work and the can't-do people are late and they both come on the same interstate. Huh. <laughs> so, <laughs> And in Chicago, there's people get to work and then people come late. It was because of the snow. So, Yeah. You know, same old story I problem with uh, can't do people is they believe their excuses, so we try not to hire to them, many of them. <laughs>
1: you know, I really love what you were saying there about if if people can explain how they how they get through some obstacles because yeah. I remember being on an interview once and it was question after question of tell me about a time when blank happened, and looking back now, I just got frustrated because I was like, i can't think of that many times right like I don't have but I, I now see it's more of a, just tell me about a thought process for overcoming this that you do consistently.
2: I'd say just like in a, you know, I, I, for each job, you develop five, six, seven questions. And I'll have an obstacle in each one of them. So a sales position might be a different question. A retail person working on a cash register, those would be a little different question. A question might be, tell me about a specific time you had to deal with an irate customer. And then what you want to do is listen to how they did it. And what and what was the outcome? And it's amazing. When you interview five people in a row, you ask them the exact same questions in the same order. The cream comes to the top. That person wow. who knows how to handle it can talk about it all day long, what they did. They took two weeks. They called the customer back. They apologized. They sent flowers. And the other person just said, well, you know, people are difficult. and We couldn't really do anything about it. Because people can only talk about what they do. And so it's a great system, and people can get a lot better at it. Let me tell you, if you hire better people, you're going to have a better business and a better bottom line. Huh. So that's the one thing. The second thing we do, probably uh, better than anybody in the world, and if everybody'd start paying more attention to this, they'd get better results, is training. We train, test, and uh, enforce the training. We train you, we test you, and then we enforce it. And, you know, a lot of people train you, but they don't really test you to make sure it took place. Then they don't. Uh, really enforce it they kinda of let it go and next thing you know you got chaos and uh, so we hire great people and train them test them enforce the training and when you do that it's pretty incredible what kinda of, uh, service they will provide and you see that at Disney World the chances you are running into a rude cast member at Disney is zero I mean it's it just doesn't happen because we're careful about that selection and I think the last thing we do is we really create a good culture A culture where everybody works there matters, and they know they matter, and uh, we pay attention to them. Whether they're cleaning bathrooms or whether they're an executive, everybody matters. Uh, It's an important concept. You got it. If you're not a leader who really believes that, you're not going to be successful. If you got bigotry chewing at you about you don't believe those people are as good as those people and you don't like that religion and you don't like that sexual orientation and you don't like this and you don't like that, you're not going to be a very good leader because let me tell you what, none of that's your business, first of all. The only business you have in business is to focus on performance. You don't, it doesn't matter where they go to church or what religion they mm-hmm. practice or, or anything else. Just stay out of that stuff and focus on performance. Mm. And that's where people get off base. They worry too much about a bunch of stuff they shouldn't be worrying about. And uh, so we create a pretty strong culture and an environment, and um, I think people see it when they come to Disney World. And you talk about simplicity. Hire people, train them, and then create a culture where they feel appreciated.
1: Yeah, why is that still such a hard thing for companies to do well?
2: I have no idea. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm trying to figure what is your problem, people. Yeah. I mean, I- I'll give a p- your listener's a good example. What is the one thing, or the two things that really parents worry about? Education, training mm-hmm. for their children, and safety. And every day at Disney World, before we start every shift, we talk to all the cast members about safety and about training, about focus on the customer. And they hear this over and over and over. It's like your mother talking to you. She never gives up. She keeps <laughs> going. <laughs> you know, that's why I said I'm going to book, write a book called "Manage Like a Mother." Mothers, mothers just keep on it because they want you to be successful, and uh, that's what we do. It's simplistic. If people pay more attention to it, uh, you know, you go up. You go to so many places today. You walk in. The people are not trained. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't know the product. They don't know how to do things. I mean, it's unbelievable. And then you get a bad reputation because you don't have consistent service and then people go
1: somewhere else. I know. It's so crazy. I I had an issue with Amazon the other day and I called and the person not only spent the time to fix it and then had to call me back and they called me back promptly, but then they, they talked to me about some things outside of my problem, just like, you know, shooting the shooting stuff. And that leaves a lasting impression. And it took 10 minutes out of their day instead of three. You know what I mean? No
2: question. My wife had the same thing with Amazon. She ordered some china. A bowl came broken, a $65 bowl. I think the order was $700. She sent them a note. In one minute, Amazon called her back. Wow. And the lady said, what can I do for you? She said, this bowl was broken. The lady said, well, I can either give you a new bowl or give you a credit right now. My wife said, hold it. My husband's writing a book about customer service, the customer rules. Oh wow. She said, How were you able to make that decision? She's without talking to a manager or getting approval. She said, Only policy we have here is make the customer happy. Wow. You know?
1: Yeah. It does pretty simple hard.
2: And we let me tell you, UPS and FedEx comes to my house every day. My wife buys stuff on Amazon every single day. <laughs>
1: yes. Yes. Believe me, I, I uh I, I get that same delivery too. But you know they earned it. Well, one of the things I know you implemented the Disney Great Leader Strategies, which trained I think it was over seven thousand leaders at at Disney. When you came on board, was there at that time? Did you have a lot of changes to make? What was what was a problem facing Disney at that you know Disney World at that point?
2: Oh, I think it's like any company when you think you're hot stuff. Mm. You know, you kind of slack off a little bit. You're not on top of your game like you had been. They were doing great. They were the number one destination. Everything was great, but we needed to be better because we could hear the footsteps coming. Competition was coming for one reason, Internet. Mm. All of a sudden, a little hotel in the middle of nowhere could get a big ad up on the Internet and get bookings. Disney used to control their customers through television advertising, which most people can't spend money on. And we felt the footsteps, and we decided we have to – the only way we're going to compete is to – the customer doesn't come first. Leadership does. We've got to get better leaders in every position, uh, every single one of them. So they create a great environment and a culture for the cast members. So the cast members wake up in the morning and take care of the guests because they want to, not because they have to, and the bottom line will show up. And that was a simple concept. We started hiring better people. Every time we had an opening, we got did a better job of getting a better person. Every time we promoted somebody, we were more careful. And over the years, we just got stronger and stronger leaders. And today, I would tell you, the average cast member at Disney will tell you they have a great leader.
1: Hmm.
2: They really have respect for.
1: So what, what was that Disney great leader strategies?
2: Well, I... Uh, Wrote 12 strategies because basically the first one was remember everyone's important. Get your organizational structure correct. Uh, second one was about training. Uh, the third one was about what professionalism looks like. There's one about policies, procedures, and operating guidelines, how to think about those. And basically the reason I did it, I, you know, I, we needed to have all 7,000 managers on the same page about expectations or when we were going to hire somebody from outside the company. We went over that great leader strategy for four hours with them to make sure they understood what they're getting into and what the expectations are and whether they wanted to really work here or not and that's what you know it's just kind of a guideline to say now you're not back where you used to work you're coming to disney and there's only one way to do things here that's the disney way Mm. (laughs) so if you don't like it don't take this job because you're not going to be successful here we don't you can't come here and do your own thing I remember Southwest Airlines said a few years ago, they said, there's a the best way to land an airplane. Let's all land it that way, hmm. you know? And uh, so that's uh, why I put it together, and it became kind of the Bible. But here's the way you work at Disney. Here's what we believe about leadership. Here's what we believe about management. Here's what we believe about customer service, about authority, about policies, and uh, wh- about professionalism. You know, you got to... Define professionalism because a lot of people <laughs> you, you know I don't know if they really know what it is <laughs> I think they're making it up as they go and uh, the way you look personal appearance grooming guidelines I mean we really hammered those down so that uh, when you come to dit you know what we're doing we're putting on a show there mm-hmm. the curtain opens and every business out there in the world is putting on a show mm-hmm. the curtain, do you have you selected the right people do you have you trained them have you do you have the right script do you rehearse it? You take people out of the show that can't perform, uh, get new people, get better people. Uh, The leading lady's got to be terrific, not average. Mm. And that's how we think about it, putting on a show. As I say to people, you don't have to be happy to work at Disney. you got to act happy for eight hours.
1: (laughs) That's actually a perfect transition into what I was going to ask is, how do you keep these employees motivated? How do you find the ones that don't mind, say, doing this in the hot sun for eight to nine hours a day with kids spilling ice cream all over the place or screaming or getting lost. I mean, you know, there's a lot that goes on and it sounds like you, you've create, you've somehow managed to create this culture where you can uh, lead strongly. You know, you can tell them kind of, here's how you have to act, what you have to do, where you have to be, what you wear how you're going to groom yourself, but people still feel like they have some individuality or some purpose. That's a tough line to walk.
2: Well, I think a couple of things we do that other companies ought to be done. First, to, to go to work at Disney today, you, you have to go on the internet and answer 136 questions about yourself. We It's a predictive to whether you have high energy, do you have stamina? A lot of questions that lead to that answer. Do you have discipline? Uh, can't, do you have the ability to keep your mood at a high level all day long? And those are very predictive questions we ask. A lot of people don't get through it. So, first of all, we sort them out pretty quick right there. And then you go over and we show them a film about Disney expectations. And uh, that film is very straightforward, it clarifies our expectations uh, about being on time to work, about uh, grooming. No tattoos, no visible piercings, no uh, weird hair colors, and uh, at the end, the people who don't like that, about 20 to 25% get up and leave and decide not to work for Disney, so we sort them out there again. So we've sorted them out up front, and we sort them out by being so clear with them that they have no – one guy said to me, I don't want to work here. It's like the Army. I Mm -hmm. said, that's right. (laughs) The U.S. Army and Disney are the best. (laughs) And uh, so that's how – so that's another way. And then we have a great onboarding. They go for a full day of traditions course to learn about the company, the culture. We really literally inject pixie dust into their veins. When they come out of there, then their leaders treat them right and respectfully. And I think the other thing, they know they have opportunity. If you're smart, and you do a good job, and you have a good attitude, and you're organized, you can get into management, you can get ahead, you can get promoted. There's 73,000 people working at Disney, so there's huge opportunity. And I think when people have hope and you're treating them right, and you give them the training, that sends a lot of good messages to them. Of, hey, this is a pretty cool place. They care about me.
0: And now a quick message from this week's sponsor, Future Advisor. Think you'll have enough money to retire? Not necessarily. Hidden broker fees and unexpected taxes make your advisor and Uncle Sam richer while you slave away through your 70s. Not with Future Advisor. Future Advisor's Nobel Prize winning strategy and intuitive financial software ensures you get the most out of your investments so you're able to retire sooner. They've been featured in Fortune, Wall Street Journal, and Fox News, and their software is so efficient, they'll show you where your current portfolio is lacking and how to fix it for free. Just plug in your investments and let Future Advisor take it from there. The whole thing takes two minutes. Make the changes yourself, or if you'd like, Future Advisor will manage your portfolio for a fraction of what your advisor charges. This past weekend, I plugged in my investments, and boy, do I have a lot of room for growth. If you have any type of retirement account, do what I did. Go to futureadvisor.com slash smart people and get a free portfolio analysis. Future Advisor, a report about your money and a plan for the future in under two minutes. Absolutely free. Go to futureadvisor.com slash smart people. And now back to the show.
1: Now, do you ever hear people say, wow, that like you said, it sounds like the army. It sounds a little too rigid for me. Yeah.
2: Oh, of course. Those people decide not to be there. And, they just- and-
1: And you're okay with that, right? You say there's probably a a place elsewhere that they'll thrive, but it's just not here.
2: And we found that even over the years when somebody wasn't performing, even at executive levels, and we had to let them go or push them out of the company, uh, they went to other places and are very successful, Mm -hmm. you know, because they had a lot of talent. But it's a combination of talent at Disney, of technical talent, being a good organized manager, and having these good uh, leadership talents. Ability to respect people and to show, be out there with the people all day long, and to be a good leader and behave properly, and those, those combinations are are hard to have a, to have it all. So we have to look hard for it because uh, if you want to be great, you got to have great people. If you want to be average, you can hire average people; they're easier to find. Hmm.
1: <laughs> That's definitely true. Now I know that your mindset, or at least your managerial style, wasn't always something to be admired, I guess you, by your own admission, you were, you were not an easy boss to work for early on. What, what, what made you who you were initially and then made you change?
2: Well, first of all, I was a very insecure young guy. I uh, grew up on a little farm in Oklahoma. We didn't even have indoor plumbing. We were poor as could be. My mother was married five times, I never met my father. I was adopted twice. I got my name Cockerell when I was 16 years old. I went to college, dropped out because I wasn't smart enough or I didn't know how to study, actually. Went up, had a great lot of fun for two years, went in the Army, became a cook, Got out, eventually got out of the Army and got a job as a banquet waiter at the Washington Hilton Hotel in Washington, D.C., and I was insecure, so I was – I, then I got into management training program. The reason I got into management was because I'm, I've got a really good attitude and positive. When the boss says, come, at 5 in the morning, I'm there. When he says, come back at 10 o'clock tonight, I'm there, and I'm smiling and no problem. I make my bosses really happy, and then I'm real organized. I'm very reliable and credible. I keep my promises, and they like that. So I, got, I started getting promoted. Next thing I know, I now I'm a manager. Now I got people reporting to me and that insecurity came popping out. I pushed people hard with my discipline. I I set deadlines, I held them to deadlines. I'm very straightforward and candid, which sometimes really intimidates people, and I started abusing my position because I had authority and I didn't use it properly and went through the years and finally I had a bad situation where one of my direct reports when I became a vice president at Marriott uh, had to go to the hospital because he was so intimidated I was coming. He almost had a nervous breakdown. I and mean, the guy went, went in for observation. And he and, wow. I had, he and I had dinner that night and talked about it. It was very embarrassing to me. You know, I think I knew deep down. My mother and grandmother would kill me if they knew I was treating people that way. Mm. But what happened, I was in those days in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s where people just pushed people around. And you, you did what the boss said. And I didn't hear the word leadership for many, many years. I just heard about get it done. And then they gave me company cars and stock and promotions. And so, you know, you start behaving like the, everybody else eventually, which is you've got to be careful of in your life. We always worry about our kids, you know, behaving improperly, being around the wrong children and starting bad habits. But uh, so I started thinking about it. And I went to a leadership class for three days down in Kentucky at the University of Kentucky. Then I started reading about leadership. I really worked on myself. I knew I needed to change. And this insecurity, I had, and I started getting more and more successful in my career, and slowly but surely, I started trusting people. I started giving people authority. I back then my nickname was Doberman. <laughs> I tell people now I'm cocker spaniel. So oh my gosh, I, I've that's come awesome. a long way. But that. this is insecurity. I can tell your listeners. Anytime somebody raises their voice, yells at you, tries to control you, uh, tries to scare you or intimidate you, that's an insecure person, and I know that. Hmm. And I've really learned a lot about. It. I see it when I. I that's why I got became a pretty good manager and leader because I could spot it. And then I knew I had to work with that person to calm them down because they over insecure people overreact yeah. because they're trying to protect themselves and they're trying to hide it. And they're trying to they're they're insecure about losing their job or being embarrassed or whatever. And so I had to go through quite. I had to have a good talk with myself, and it was it was a hard change. It took me year after year to kind of get there. And today I don't have that problem anymore, but uh, it was tough.
1: Yeah. And and I know, as you mentioned, you started off, you know, as a a banquet waiter and worked basically in hospitality almost your whole life, which most people don't do anymore. A lot of jumping around. And I really kind of, I looked at your career path and I said, you just worked your butt off kind of (laughs) every day, it seemed like. And next thing you know, you're pretty much running Disney World, which is impressive. You don't see that as much anymore.
2: That's a miracle, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I tell people if you talk to my teachers in high school, they wouldn't believe it.
1: Yeah. Well, what it's, do
2: you? Yeah. It'd say somebody you know. stole my identity. So I. I but I, I can tell people t- today, college kids call me and they say, "Lee, can you? I'm spend an hour with you to understand how I can have a great career like you did." And I said, "No, you don't need to spend an hour with me. I'll tell you. You got to be better than everybody else." Hmm. Ten people do the job you do, you gotta be the best one. And that means the best attitude, positive, can do attitude. You've gotta be reliable. You've got to have a system in place to keep track of what you're working on, be on time, get your work in on time. Uh, Raise your hand when the boss says, I need somebody to take this on, be one of these added, you know, people that take on added work and work hard. And it's funny, you know, when you out for perform everybody else, they're not gonna look at what degree you have or what grades you make or your transcript. That's how you get through. Uh, I wouldn't suggest people try to go without a college degree today, but I'll tell you one thing. Uh, I think that key to being great, attitude and highly uh, reliable, are still pretty much wanted by any boss out in the world.
1: Yeah, and you know, one of the things that I I picked up on that I like is you said it kind of bridges both gaps here. Is you said. When you were at Disney and the the people that stayed beyond the training, so they made it through all the questions and the classes and all that. When they went out to work, their leaders respected them and did a lot of things to make them want to be there. And I think that's the key is oftentimes people like I know I've had jobs where I worked hard and then they just kept asking more of me with no recognition. And eventually that's how you create a poor culture.
2: You just hit the right word. i tell you. Appreciation, recognition, encouragement's the fuel that drives human performance. When you Mm -hmm. give it to people, they'll give you more. When you treat people, as I said, if if you care for your people, tell them. If you love your wife, tell her. Don't keep Mm -hmm. it to yourself. Mm -hmm. And we all want it. And everybody misses opportunities. It doesn't cost a dime for you to tell somebody, "I really appreciate the good job you're doing. I'm glad you're with us. I hope you stay with us. Let me know if I can do anything for you." All of a sudden, this person doesn't look for another job. They do a better job tomorrow morning. They sleep better tonight. Everything gets better when you give appreciation, recognition, and encouragement. It's a very strong fuel that doesn't cost a penny.
1: Mm-hmm. Gosh, it sounds like it's one of those things. I I can almost hear people like listening and going, well, yeah, that makes sense. But it's so almost few and far between these days. It goes a well, long a lot, way.
2: A lot of parents know it anyway. How often do they tell their kids they love them? Right. You know? Right. And then often they don't tell their wife often enough. Yeah. So we've just got to remember it. It's an it just needs to be something we've got to start to remember, and it's got to become a part of who we are. Mm -hmm. Because uh, if you're a leader, you need to show appreciation. People are all the work's getting done by the other people. Let me tell you, on nine eleven, there's nothing I could do except step back and watch our people in action, and they did an incredible job. Mm. And you know, there's nothing I could do. It took five, six, seven thousand people to clear those parks and get everybody back in their hotels and take care of business, and and that's when it really sticks out. Is those people did it because they wanted to, because wow. they had to?
1: I never thought about kind of from your perspective on say nine eleven in just basically managing. I don't know. Is it the world's largest resort, Disney World?
2: Disney World is the largest single side employer anywhere. Wow besides maybe a military base somewhere. But we are the single-site largest employer in Orlando, 72,000 people, plus about 20,000 contractors. So there's about 100,000 people a day are working out there.
1: That's crazy. And so as as you are the uh, former executive VP of operations, does that mean you are basically at the top of the organization chart when it comes to what every person in every role is supposed to be doing that day?
2: Well, that's correct. Well I didn't always know, but I had a great team around me, and we have it broke. Ex- I had experts at every point, and they knew what they were doing, and that's you – know, you know, at the end of the day, those days are over where the boss can go around acting like he knows everything. you've got to have experts in I.T.. Can you imagine? websites, uh, uh, finance, strategy, purchasing, all these things. and I, that's again our key. We, I had a great direct reports. They ran the business, and I supported them both emotionally and with whatever else they needed to do their job. And I didn't get in their way, and I didn't try to micromanage them. And I don't have a need to know everything, so they can go do their job, and they like that.
1: Yeah, it's a word you used earlier was trust. You kind of put your trust in them.
2: Absolutely, because if you don't, great people today, a lot of your listeners, they'll quit if they're not trusted and if they're not involved, and you don't give them work that is meaningful, Mm -hmm. they'll they'll just go to another company. These kids today, they don't hang around
1: if they don't feel appreciated. It's so true, and I think what you said, it's even more so is the meaningful. Like I know for the past three years, I've worked at a nonprofit for far below I probably could make elsewhere. I mean, I I made less there at twenty eight than I did. Uh, out of college working in finance but you give me meaningful work and some autonomy and a goal it's just so much more fulfilling
2: absolutely and i tell you when we hire people we're looking for people with skill but that's not the most important thing you know what you're really looking for is this passion and this can-do attitude because passionate can-do people they're high potential you can train them and they'll be one of your best stars Mm -hmm. and uh, if you
1: don't love what you do every day it's pretty miserable yeah that's the truth Well, you know, one of the things I know you have a new book, Time Management Magic. And so previously you had Creating Magic. I love the magic theme, by the way. It's like Disney. Man, the the place it holds in my heart is great. But Time Management Magic, How to Get More Done Every Day. Now, why did you decide to go with time management? I mean, there's so many different things you've talked about, you've written on. What made you choose time management?
2: Well, you know, I wrote the first book, Creating Magic, which is really around leadership now the second book the customer rules is around customer service. And so I think I was thinking it, at the end of the day it doesn't really matter what you know or what how you're what what you're passionate about if you don't get it done. If you don't implement, if you don't take action. And so this time management is something I'm really good at. I've been teaching it for over 35 years. I developed a system, it's really strong, it really works. Already I'm getting notes from people who have read the book saying, wow, I didn't realize. Because one thing, it's not taught in high school and it's not taught in college. So people don't know how to organize themselves. They don't know how to set priorities. They don't know how to pick the three or four or five important things in their life and focus on them and let everything else fall by the wayside. And people just need some, some really education around this subject because at the end of the day, it's not about time management. It's about keeping your life under control. Keep your kids under control, your health, your job, your performance, your learning, your your aging parents, how are you going to take care of them, uh, your retirement, uh, your education, going back and getting your finance degree or whatever you're going to do. You know, you just think of all the things you've got to worry about. And most people don't worry about them, and then all, they turn around one day, and it's Christmas again, and the next thing they know, they've been working 30 years, and they're very unhappy because time gets away from you, and you've got to sit back and really grab it again because uh, even one of my promotion pieces says you and Einstein had the same thing in common, 168 hours a week. Hmm. He, got, he gets a lot done. You didn't get much done this week. Hmm. <laughs> so, and it's a g- wonderful subject. And it can really balance your life. It can make you healthier. It can make you think about the important things so you don't have regrets someday that you wish you'd have been home for dinner more often. You wish you had exercise before you had the bypass surgery. You wish you had done better at investing before so you could have a retirement. You know, all these things are coming, and they come quick. And when you're young, it doesn't seem like it. But let me tell you, years go by. I'll be married 47 years next August. And wow. It's... Uh, I married a 22-year-old, and now she's on Medicare. This is how
1: life goes by. <laughs> you know, that's an interesting way of looking at it, actually. I like that timeline.
2: <laughs> oh, it goes by quick. I mean, I have my son, Daniel. He's 46. Where did wow. he come from? Yeah, right. How can I have a 46-year-old son? I have grandkids in college. Oh, you know? man. It's just its shocking. Yeah. And people are, you don't need to have regrets. You need to wake up every morning and make the most of it. You know, you spend your money and you spend your time. Most people spend their money pretty good, but they don't spend their time wisely. And, if you know, when you don't spend your money wisely, you get in credit card debt. If you don't spend your time wisely, you get in all kinds of deficits. And uh, I will say that where you spend your time is going to be directly related to how your life turns out, from your health to your marriage to your children to every part of your life will be related to how much – how you figure out how to spend your
0: time every day. Smart People Podcast is supported by Wealthfront, the automated investment service that makes it easy to invest your money the right way. Wealthfront's software manages your money using investment strategies that were previously only available to the wealthiest investors for just one quarter of the cost of using a traditional advisor. Wealthfront monitors your account 24-7, automatically rebalancing your portfolio, reinvesting dividends, and working to maximize your after-tax returns. Wealthfront is overseen by a team of investment experts, the same experts who launched the index fund revolution and who have written some of the most important books in finance. In case you're still not convinced, you should know that Wealthfront manages over $2 billion in client assets and have saved millions of dollars on taxes for its clients. So with Wealthfront watching over your investments every day, what will you do with all your extra time? Visit Wealthfront.com slash smart people to get your first $10,000 managed for free. Wealthfront Inc. is an SEC-registered investor advisor. Brokerage services are offered through Wealthfront Brokerage Corporation, member FINRA and SIPC. This is not a solicitation to buy or sell securities. Investing in securities involves risks, and there is the possibility of losing money. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Please visit Wealthfront.com to read their full disclosure.
1: Now, how much do you think of um, this, this mindset around time management came from – I know you were in the Army for a little bit, right? Yeah. Do you think you kind of learned the basics of that
2: there? I did learn a lot about discipline, and they don't really uh, accept many excuses in the Army, by the way. Yeah. You don't come to formation late, ever. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. You don't come to dinner late because there's no dinner after about 30 (laughs) minutes. And yeah, I did learn a lot about discipline and I like discipline and I like routine and I like things organized and I think most people who go to work every day like to work in a disciplined organization so they know how things work, how things come. And you just think about how important discipline is in anything, flying an airplane, all this thing this week, you know, discipline, discipline around doing it the right way. Sometimes you're in a business where lives are at stake and other times you're service, you ruin somebody's anniversary because they come to the restaurant you don't do a good job and it's their 50th wedding anniversary and it's a disaster. I mean, you got to be organized and uh, or you do a lot of damage in life. And so I love this subject. I just love it. I love the impact it's having on people. And part of that is that Thrive 15 that I was telling you about, you know, we I just did seven videos on this new website, Thrive 15, and I put it up there because I guarantee you, if you don't get things done, nothing else really matters, mm-hmm. no matter how much. You can read my other two books, but if you can't implement them, so
1: what? Yeah. Yeah, and actually, I want to talk about Thrive 15 in a minute because I love the fact that the it's based on 15-minute videos. So it's like you don't have an excuse not to, to learn a little bit every day. But I, I wanted to continue on this topic of time management because, you know, you've been teaching it for 30 years. I know you're a sought-after speaker. You, you've written a number of books. For those of us out there going, okay, look, I I know, I know I have to manage my time better. I mean, even I, I've probably interviewed five, 10 people about time management, yet I still do a fairly, I'd say maybe a mediocre job at best. What what do I do? What do you, where do I start? How how do we, how do we fix this?
2: It's kind of like anything. You've got to get more serious. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, the problem is
2: people only change for one of two reasons, either education. So you might read the book and say, well, I can do this or crisis. Mm. When you have a few crises in your life because you didn't do the right thing, when you didn't teach your son something and they end up getting hurt badly, or when you didn't uh, exercise and have bypass surgery, or when, you know, then you start to say, I guarantee a crisis. My wife almost died a few years ago, and it changed my whole focus on many things. And uh, crisis can change you, and so can education. And I think... You got to decide how important is your health. Well, then you got to get more organized about it. How important is your family? How important is your work? How important is your family? Your your mother and father and, and I think a lot of times when we read, like a lot of people read Creating Magic, and they go, "Wow, that's good. I like that." I get every day it's it's used in a lot of colleges now. I get hear from students every day. Well, then you go read the customer rules, and somebody says, "Wow, I never thought about that. I could do those things in my business hmm. because you know we only know what we know." And that's why we need to read. That's why we need to go on websites like this. Thrive 15 and watch a 15-minute video. And maybe the light comes on.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: When the light comes on, that's sometimes what gets you to change. you just got to find ways to turn the light on. And everybody's busy today, so people got 12 excuses why they can't do everything. And you don't need to do everything. you got to figure out the top three or four things you got to do. And uh, then you got to work on it because nobody's, the only person you can control in your life's you. Mm-hmm. Nobody else. You can't control your wife. You can't control. I mean, you've got to control yourself. And if you don't, you're going to have regrets. And uh, you've got to sit back and get a system in place. You know, most people run their businesses with systems, but most people don't have a system for their personal life and how to run their whole life. Mm. And really, if you don't have a system to remind you what to do and get your appointments and get your doctors on time and get your annual checkup and meet with your financial counselor and all get to change the oil in your car at the right time so you don't burn it up and get your air conditioners checked in April for the summer comes. And, I mean, I write down everything. Every time I think of it, I stick it in my daytime and then I forget about it until I open it up in that day and there it is and, I, and then that day I do it. Hmm. And it's just a habit. you got to practice this for 30 to 60 days, and then you'll do it. It's like anything. Is it easy? No. But anything that's worthwhile is not easy. It's hard.
1: So what about, I know you've said, and I've heard this before, you know, kind of choose the three things, maybe the three things that day, month, year. Do you talk at all about how to choose those things properly?
2: Yeah, I mean, I can tell you, I have three things I focus on. I, I, and I can tell you, if I just walked up to any person on the street and told, said, tell me the three things that are top of mind for you that's most important in your life you're working on every day, they couldn't, they go, blah, 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 bub." Right. <laughs> they don't know. And I do, I know. Number one for me is my health and taking care of myself. And people say, well, it's a little selfish. I said, no, my wife said, Lee, take care of yourself. You can't take care of your family. And so I exercise every day. I have a strength trainer twice a week. I'm about to turn 71. I'm very strong. I weigh exactly what I weighed when I got out of the Army, wow. 180 pounds 20, 50 years ago. I am in great shape. I can, you know, I can, I, last week I walked 70 miles last week. What? Most weeks I do. Most weeks I do at least 40, and many weeks 50. I walk six to eight miles a day. I do it on purpose, I do it early in the morning, I do it in the afternoon, sometimes I do it while I'm talking on the phone, sometimes I go to the airport early when i got a flight and walk for an hour, get another six, 7,000 steps in. My weight is good, I feel good, I have high energy and you know if you don't have high energy, it's hard to be a good leader. It's hard to be a good parent if you're snapping at your kids and you don't want to hear it. And so these are things you've got to decide. So health is number one, my family is number two and number three is my finances and my business. And I work on those three things, and everything else falls by the wayside. I mean, you know, if I get those three done, then I can go look at my Facebook page and promote it, or I can go have a drink with friends, or I can go play golf or go do something. But i got to get those three things done. And you need to know what are the three most important things. And when you get those done, you're like, man, let me tell you, you get your health in shape, you get your family in shape, and you get your business in shape, you don't worry about too many other things.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like those goals could be – pretty uh similar across most most people's you know mindsets
2: and look around how many people are taking care of themselves
1: right yeah
2: it's sad
1: yeah and it's that lack of prioritization i mean i i do this thing at the end of every night i write down the three things that made the day a good day and yesterday was the first day in in probably months that i struggled to kind of go what did i achieve and it it changed the way i operated today so it's kind of that awareness you know
2: Good for you. You know what people say all the time? I'm going to exercise when I find time. Right. right. You don't find time. You make time for what's important in your life. You don't find any time. You can't get one more second than anybody else. We're all on a level playing field. Absolutely. You make time for your kids. You make time for your health. You make time for your business. And you don't
1: find. There's no extra time floating around. Absolutely. Well, I know we only have a couple more minutes with you, but I did want to talk about uh, Thrive 15, which I'm not sure if this episode will air before the other one, but we did interview the, um, the COO, I believe it is, as well. And it's a fantastic website. I'm a big fan for so many reasons, primarily because there's a lot of lessons taught by people like yourself on there. And I didn't realize you're also an investor in it. So tell me what kind of sparked your curiosity and interest in, in growing this. I mean, you don't need the money at this point. Let's be honest.
2: <laughs> well, what sparked my interest is at first I didn't I'd say, no, what, why is this guy calling me? But then as I learned more and more about it and what they were going to do, I'm a big uh, fan of short cycle learning. You know, my books are easy to read because you can read uh, one chapter in five or six, seven minutes. And you can put it by, you can finish it. I think it's short attention span. I think the way people live today, 15 minutes, on your phone, on your laptop, on your iPad, waiting at the airport, on an airplane, uh, you know, uh, waiting for your wife to be ready to leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can watch a 15-minute video and you learn something. And I like this one, Thrive 15, because it stops every five minutes and gives you a test. Multiple choice tests. So you get points and young people today love points. So you're competing with people around the world and you're winning money, you're winning prizes, you're winning and you're in your and it keeps track of your winning, how many points you have, what courses you've taken. And there's a course on there, I guess, for everything. Franchising, how to write a business plan, how to get a business loan, how to go to the bank, anything, hiring, firing, uh, customer service, public relations, marketing, they're all on there. And I think it's forty nine dollars a month.
1: Yeah. And 49 bucks a month is a steal. And even better, if you go to thrive15.com and use our offer code smart people, you can get 30 days for free and you can check it all out. See if it's for you. Yeah, and there's... so, and a full 30 days. I mean, well, I did it and you can soak up a lot. I got to tell you the, the 15 minute video you did on how successful people think like that's <laughs> one. I love it because it's one that, you know, you, again, I watched it. I think I was at an airport. And it gives you brain food for an hour.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, for 15 minutes, it's a pretty good investment. And what were you going to do anyway? Sit around right. the
1: airport looking out the
2: window? I was probably I mean, going to look at Facebook. And let me tell you, is, the amount of time people waste—they could do like many of these a day. People right. waste so much time; it's incredible.
1: And and what what's even better is I know you you speak ac- around the world. And I'm assuming you speak on very similar topics. So you can watch the videos with your high def, all that, or you can pay probably a lot of money to go watch you speak in person. I mean, I, I don't know. It seems like a win-win.
2: Well it is. And that's I do talk about the same things. All everything I even my my website, leecockrell.com, my own podcast is on there and it's called Creating Disney Magic. Oh, I didn't know that.
1: That's yeah. great. We'll have to check that out. And we'll definitely link to that. Well, Lee, first I I can't say thank you enough for taking time out of your day. Really appreciate it. And we mentioned you have a new book, Time Management, Magic, How to Get More Done Every Day. And then also Creating Magic. Ten Common Sense Leadership Strategies from a Life at Disney. And of course, Thrive Fifteen. You got your hands on a lot of things, but the world is a better place with your hard earned knowledge. Well, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Have a great day. Take care. Alrighty. Bye-bye.
0: Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Lee Cockerell. Remember, you can find Lee's book, Time Management Magic, How to Get More Done Every Day and Move from Surviving to Thriving at Amazon or at your local bookstore. If you do buy it from Amazon, don't forget, go through our Amazon link, smartpeoplepodcast.com slash Amazon. You heard Chris and Lee talking about Thrive 15, and we are such huge fans of Thrive 15. We've had Lee on the show. We've had Clay. We've recently become affiliates of Thrive 15. So if you want to learn something every single day, head over to thrive15.com slash smart people and sign up for your 30-day free trial. Check it out. It's definitely worth it. I want to send a huge thank you to everyone who has headed over to iTunes to leave a review there. We've had a handful of people leave reviews over there, and we truly do appreciate it. So thank you, Sum Estin, Summer Austin, Lil Woodwin, all you guys over there, guys and gals that are putting reviews on iTunes. We truly, truly do appreciate it. If you ever want to reach out to the show, we're not more than an email away. You can shoot us an email at smartpeoplepodcast at gmail.com or send us a message on Twitter at smartpeoplepod. Thank you all for listening. We truly do appreciate all the support. Stay tuned for some awesome episodes coming up and we'll see you next week. Smart People Podcast is supported by Wealthfront, the automated investment service that makes it easy to invest your money the right way. It automatically rebalances your portfolio and reinvests your dividends, all commission-free. Wealthfront manages over $2 billion and has saved millions on taxes for its clients. Visit Wealthfront.com smartpeople smart people to get your first $10,000 managed for free.